The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. My name is Yolanda. I'm from Hagerstown. When I was younger, I always felt insecure. I never felt like I fit in. I felt I wasn't as pretty as my beautiful older sisters and I wasn't as cool as my older brothers. I got into a relationship when I was 16 years old with an older boy and he just wasn't good for me. I ended up getting pregnant at 16. And after I had my first son at 16, my relationship with that boy ended and my heart was broken to know that I was gonna have to raise my son by myself. My relationship with God was not there. And at this point, all I wanted to do was numb myself from the pain I was feeling. I started drinking and partying and trying recreational drugs and just doing things a mother shouldn't do. After I went through the blackout drinking phase, I lost my two brothers to the system. They were arrested and took into jail for years. I loved my brothers with all my heart, and when they left, I just felt empty. I needed something to fill in the gaps. I needed something to make me feel strong without them, strong without a father to help me raise my son. I needed to just feel something. So I started using opiate painkillers. That wasn't working. So then I started using heroin and heroin took over my life. I've had a couple near-death experiences, but it's only through the grace of God that I'm still here. I've been to three different inpatient rehabs and four different recovery homes. I felt like I had the devil on my back. I didn't know where to go. I was so broken. Nothing seemed to work. Everything I tried to do it my way, and nothing seemed to fill the empty gaps. What's controlling your life? And what are the excuses you use to justify why you've allowed it to continue to control your life. For some of us, what's controlling us is something like a thread. You know, it's just a string attached and we feel like it's our puppet master. It's a string, maybe it's just something small. It's a, it's a little bad habit. It's just a little white lie. It's just a little tendency to say the wrong thing or to do the wrong thing. You know, it's a little character flaw. It's this little attitude that you have that it's just a string. You feel like, you know, I could break that if I really tried, but it still holds me, it still controls me. But for others of you, and for me, it's not just a string connected to a puppet master that's controlling us. It's, it's more like a chain, and it's a slave master. I mean, it's something powerful in our life. It's, it's not just something that we can easily break free from. Maybe you can relate to Yolanda and those strings eventually became chains and those chains drag you. And no matter how hard you try to break free, it's your slave master. Drags you around, it calls the shots. It's the chains of addiction. It's the chains of some life-controlling habit that's destroying you. It's a, it's a desire that drives you. It's some hurt from the past that has metastasized, and it's become the life-defining issue. It controls your thinking. 
It controls the desires. It, it leads to behaviors that wreck and debilitate your life. And then you and I, because we can't break free or we don't break free, we make excuses. And I've made excuses. We make excuses like this. Well, that's just the way I was born. I mean, that's my genetics. It's the way my dad was and, and my grandfather was, and it's the way I am. I mean, I, I'm Italian or I'm Spanish. That's just the way we do things in our, according to our heritage or the genetics I've been given. Or maybe that's the way I've been raised. I mean, I was raised this way. I, I, I grew up in New York, so I just drive that way. <laughs> it's mine. Um, Maybe you're saying it's the way I was born and it's a desire I've had since the lo as long as I can remember. And because I was born with that desire, I have to give in to that desire or I want to give in to that desire. Or you make the excuse of some, because of something that happened to you. I was so deeply wounded. I was abused. I was hurt. And this is how I cope with what happened to me. That's why I can't love deeply. This is why I don't trust anyone. You hurt me. Someone hurt me. And as a result, these are the strings, these are the chains that control me. And maybe for you, it's a, an addiction that you've simply called a disease that can't be treated. Or it's a sickness that there is no cure for. It's just an excuse to justify why I can't be free from the driving forces in my life and as a result we live like puppets or slaves and it's uncomfortable as a metaphor but it really captures the picture of our life and our best attempts to get ourselves free from the strings or the chains that control us are simply usually trading one slave master for another and in fact we see that in the life and teachings of Jesus. So I'm gonna bring you to a historical narrative of a moment where Jesus is teaching and he actually brings up this issue about slavery. And it makes you feel a little uncomfortable to talk about in reference, but it is really the most powerful metaphor we could use simply because it's what Jesus used. And so let me put it in context for you. Jesus had been teaching for a while. He was talking about being the light of the world. And he said, as a light, I expose darkness. And so anyone who gets around the teachings of Jesus, it has a way of exposing the darkness in every one of our lives. But Jesus said, being the light of the world doesn't mean I just expose darkness. I transform your heart from darkness into light so that you can enjoy the life of God. And some people who heard Jesus' teaching believed. And this moment, this next moment is captured in the writings of his friend, John. John, who, as he's writing about this, later in life, writes down the teachings, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. His writing becomes a book, a book passed down through history and recorded in sacred history because it's part of the Bible, but it's really the good news from the eyewitness perspective of John included in the Bible. John writes this moment that happens. It's recorded in John chapter 8, verse 31. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Meaning it's not enough to hear my teaching. You have to actually follow my teaching. It's not enough to listen with your ears. You have to respond with your heart, which changes your drives, which changes your decisions, which transforms your behaviors. You following me so far? Then you will know the truth. 
and the truth will set you free. Jesus said, if you listen to what I say, and you apply what I say, and you begin to do what I say, you'll become a follower of mine, a disciple. And when you become a follower of mine, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But this implies something. It applies that right now you are not free. You are puppets. You're slaves. And to the crowd hearing Jesus speak, this upset them. I mean, how dare you tell me I am a slave? How dare you tell me I am a puppet? controlled and manipulated and used. So they, this is how they respond. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? What they say is this, Jesus, what are you talking about? We were born free because we were born children of Abraham. And so they immediately broke out in song. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. And I am one of them. And so are you. So let's just praise the Lord, right? And like this little Sunday school song that they start singing. And everyone's like the whole crowd is cheering on. Yay, Father Abraham. And what they mean is this. I was born Jewish. Because I was born Jewish, I was born free, and I was born good. So it's my heritage that makes me free. Some of you think that because you were born American, you're free. I have the rights to be free. I can choose to be free. Maybe you're born Lutheran. And because you were born in a Lutheran home, that makes you good. Or you were born Catholic, into a Catholic home, or you were born into a Presbyterian home, or you were born growing up in church, and you think because you were born in a good family, that makes you good. But then they didn't stop there. They said, we are children of Abraham. How can you say we need to be set free? Not only were we born good and free, but now because we are Jewish, we do good, and that makes us free. And Jesus goes like this, no, 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 no. I don't care how you think you were born, I don't care what you think you've been doing that's good. I don't care what religion you have. Here's all you were doing. You traded one slave master for another. You went to therapy and you found yourself breaking free from one chain only to found yourself chained to another slave master. In fact, what you believe to be your heritage is just a, another slave master. The religion that you traded, meaning you traded an addiction for religion and now you try to follow all the rules of religion, it's just another slave master. And now you're a slave to trying to do good so that you might be able to become good. And now, instead of doing bad, you just feel guilty all the time. And so Jesus responds to their statement this way. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Meaning, the reason you sin is because you are controlled by sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. And Jesus just cuts right to the core. He, he basically hits him between the eyes, and here's his statement. He goes, you think because you were born a Jew, that makes you good and free. You think that because you follow the Jewish religion and you follow all the practices of the religion you were born into, that makes you good because you're doing good and that makes you free. Because let me be very clear to you. Every one of us were born with a slave master chaining us, chaining us to desires and urges that destroy us. Every one of us were born with a puppet master in our life controlling us. No matter how hard we try to 
break free. No matter what genetics we have or DNA we have, or no matter what our heritage or our last name or our, our family religion is, we are still at the core controlled by the slave master of sin. Sin is a spiritual problem. See, you and I, our tendency is to believe that what is controlling us is an emotional problem or a mental disorder or a mental challenge or a physical challenge. It's a chemical crisis. So we, we think that it's an addiction that's a disease at a physical level. And Jesus goes like this, no, no, the problem is deeper. The root is spiritual. A spiritual slave master called sin creates chains in your physical body, creates chains in your thinking, creates chains in your emotions. The core problem is sin, and sin is a spiritual issue. Sin. The driving force inside of every one of our lives, because sin is our nature, we act out sinful behavior because we have sinful desires that create sinful thinking that results in sinful behaviors. Sin, it's what drives us away from God and toward our own desires, instincts, and decision-making. Sin cuts us off from relationship with God, right? So sin is a spiritual problem that has spiritual consequences. Cutting us off from relationship with God, leading toward a forever judgment. The ultimate judgment of sin is that we are separated from God forever and live our lives in eternity, always experiencing eternal judgment in eternal destruction. This is bad news. All of the people hearing this hear bad news. But Jesus wasn't coming to give bad news. He came to give this statement. If you are my followers, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So really, this is this anthem moment. It's a huge statement. It's actually one of the greatest statements in all of Jesus' teaching, and that is this. And I would encourage you to take notes. Write this down in your program, in your study guide, on your smartphone, on your tablet. If you're on social media, if you're Facebook living this, this is, you can put this right into the comment section, okay? You're, those who are watching right now, they won't mind if you pause and you type this in. Here's what I want you to write down and here's what I want you to record. Here's what I want you to remember. We are set free. When you came in, you're thinking, what is controlling me? In fact, I would challenge you. I want you to think about that for a moment. What are the things in my life that have been controlling me? Who is my puppet master? Who is my slave master? I am an addict. I am hurt. I am angry. But I want you to know today that that is who you were. Because Jesus wants to set you free. And this is the anthem cry of every one of our hearts. In fact, and on August 28th, 1963, hundreds of thousands of people gathered on the National Mall in Washington, D.C. to hear speech after speech after speech spoken from the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. Every message, every speech was individuals declaring that people were made in the image of God and endowed with certain inalienable rights, among them life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And what that means is that every person deserves freedom. Every person was made with value. That's right. And so the final speech of that day was spoken by Martin Luther King Jr., who, did one, who spoke one of the greatest, most powerful speeches in, in American history. The I have a dream speech. Some of you have read it. Some of you have heard it. So we have people in our church who were there, heard it in real time. 
And he concludes his message with this statement. It was a dream. He said, I, I believe, I have a dream that someday all people will be able to join in the great chorus in a great hymn, singing as the fulfillment of this dream. And he concludes, this is how he concludes his sermon. Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. And that doesn't just resonate with people who's, who had real slavery in their ancestry. That doesn't just resonate with people who only had three-fifths value in their vote. That doesn't just resonate with people who felt like they were oppressed and being used and abused. That resonates with every person, regardless of class, status, or socioeconomic position. That, that resonates with every person. It doesn't matter what color of your skin or the, or the situation in your life, every person has a cry in their heart that says, someday I want to be able to join in the great hymn singing free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I am free at last from the puppet strings that control me, from the chains that bind me. And we try, don't we? We try hard to break free. We go from therapy to therapy, from treatment plan to treatment plan, from rehab center to rehab center. We go from relationship to relationship. We trade one, one self-medicating habit for another self-medicating habit. We, we go from one numbing drug to another, all in an attempt to be able to join in the chorus of singing free at last. But it doesn't work because you and I can't break ourselves free, nor can anything or anyone on earth set us free from the sin that enslaves us. So Jesus shows up on the scene and he says in a climactic statement right here, verse 36, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. If the Son sets you free, if Jesus Christ, he, he's making this statement, he goes, I am the son of God. And if you believe in me, you will have freedom. And if I give you freedom, you will truly be free from the sin that enslaves you, no matter your political position, no matter your socioeconomic status, no matter the color of your skin, no matter the, the stature of your life, you will be free from the slavery of sin. How? Because Jesus didn't come to give just good teaching. Here's what Jesus came to do. To take the, the grip of sin in every one of our lives, the power of sin and the consequence of sin. Sin that leads to destruction. The power of sin that leads to eternal death and eternal judgment. And Jesus took the power of sin and the judgment of sin on himself so that when he died, he died once for all, paying the penalty for sin, absorbing the judgment of sin so that in his death, he didn't just die a physical death, he died an eternal spiritual death. He absorbed the full blow of the punishment of sin on himself. God, the Father who judges sin, poured out all judgment on Jesus so that anyone who believes in Jesus by faith is forgiven of their sins. Shame and guilt forever removed and in place of sin and shame and guilt, God puts his spirit into our spirits, a spiritual transformation. Some of you are looking for a physical reaction to a spiritual transformation. Some of you want a mental change. God brings a spiritual change. 
His spirit entering into your spirit, cutting the strings and breaking the chains from the slave master and the puppet master of sin, controlling our lives. So when you believe in Jesus by faith, everything changes. And, and in fact, we want to share a little bit of what that looks like practically. So we asked Yolanda to share a little bit more of her story. Check this out. After I've been to all those rehabs and all those halfway houses and nothing really just was doing what I needed it to do, nothing was filling in the gap. And I decided that I needed to fully surrender to God. I needed to let God take complete control over my life. I needed to stop doing what I wanted to do and start doing what He wanted me to do. And so I found Lifehouse. After coming to Lifehouse and seeing the people that were here and just feeling welcomed, completely welcomed, like I felt like nobody was judging me for all the things that I've done. I just felt loved and I knew at that moment that this is where my life is gonna change. This is where my heart is at. And this is where God is going to work with me. After seeking God and fully giving Him my all and being a part of the church, I found a peace that I can't explain, a peace that makes everything okay. It makes life easier. Even with the things that I go through still today, I deal with it in the most peaceful way. With God, I felt whole, I felt complete. Every gap that I tried to fill in was filled and all I needed was to surrender to Him. My name's Yolanda and because of Jesus Christ, I am accepted. What an incredible moment for someone to be able to say, I was chained by addictions and life controlling behaviors that left me ashamed through Jesus, I am accepted and I am changed. This isn't just a made up story, this is real life. This is our life and it can become every one of our stories. When Jesus is teaching, he says, if you have the son, the son will set you free and you will be free indeed, how? And what you just heard was an incredibly practical way of how someone's life is changed through faith in Jesus Christ. Now the crowd hearing Jesus, they did not appreciate what he had to say. They were like, well, who do you think you are? I mean, how can you say that we're gonna be set free? We don't need to be set free. We're Abraham's children. We have the Jewish religion that gives us our freedom. And Jesus goes, no. If you were children of Abraham, then you would obey what Abraham taught and you would live the way Abraham lived. You're not children of Abraham. Your father is the evil one. That's pretty cutting. He said, I can prove it because you're doing evil things. Your genetics are evil. Your DNA is evil. You're being controlled by the slave master of sin and therefore you are doing sinful things and they got angry and they start telling Jesus, no, no we're not, you are, you're evil, you're demon possessed. They actually said it to Jesus and they go, worse than that, you're telling us our father is evil? Let me tell you something, Jesus. You don't even know who your father is. You're illegitimate. That's actually written. John records this moment. Now, check this out, right? Here's why. Remember that whole, like, Christmas thing, nativity, G, you know, Mary, virgin birth, like, Holy Spirit's the, fa you know, the father. It's a supernatural moment. That means there's no physical dad involved. Joseph is just kind of like the adoptive father. Uh, well, word kind of got around that Jesus, and they didn't use, like, the nice little, like, intelligent way of saying, like, you're an illegitimate child. They were using the dirty word, all right? So we won't say it that way, but it, it doesn't translate that way in the English language, but that's really what they're calling Jesus' names. And, and in fact, they continue. 
Verse 53, are you greater than our father Abraham? Because Jesus is like, I know, you think that, but check it out. Before Abraham, like I was there when Abraham was alive. And they're like, what are you talking about? They're like, dude, you're crazy. Are you greater than our father Abraham? I mean, he died. And so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? You're not even 50 years old. The Jews said to him, and you have seen Abraham? And they're just going off. I mean, they're attacking Jesus because of the claims he is making. And so then he makes an even bigger claim. And this statement that I'm about to read to you is kind of like the creme de la creme of all the teachings of Jesus. Like if you want one that rises above the rest, it's this one right here. It's the claim he makes about who he is. And it's, it's one of the greatest statements of Jesus. Let me just read it to you. And if you, if you could really, I'm, if when I read it, if you knew what Jesus was meaning, you would be like, wow, wow. All right, here it is, right? I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. No, all right. Here's what's going on. Jesus isn't saying I predate Abraham. Like, before Abraham was, I was. He goes like this, before Abraham was, I am. And it's this moment where instantly Jesus is referencing the fact that he is God. The most revered name in all of Jewish history and all the Jewish religion, right? Like, you got to go back and remember, like, what we call the Bible, most of it is actually Jewish holy book. Right? Like the first 39 books, we call it the Old Testament. They don't call it the Old Testament. Right? For the Jewish people, the Old Testament is their Bible. It's 39 books. It's made up of the law and the prophets, the songs and the poetical books, the historical books. And in it, there is this moment where it records the most holy and sacred name of God. It's so holy to, to the Jewish people that they don't even use it. Never. They won't even write it. In fact, anytime they would want to write the name, the holy name of God, they would replace it with simply saying, Lord. So when you read the Old Testament and you see Lord, what, they, what they're using is a filler for the name I am. Go back, right? So Father Abraham had many sons. is the father of the nation of Israel. And then along the way, the nation of Israel ends up in slavery in Egypt. In Egypt... As slaves, God raises up a deliverer named Moses who goes out into the desert and he's taking care of sheep. He's a shepherd. And one day while he's taking care of sheep, he sees a bush on fire. All right, now that's not uncommon in the desert. What is uncommon is a bush that is on fire that doesn't burn out for a long time. And so Moses kind of like sees this bush. He goes up to the bush and as he's approaching, he hears the voice of God speaking from the bush that says, stop. Take off your sandals. Where you're standing is holy ground. Moses pauses. He takes off his sandals and he approaches the burning bush where he hears the voice of God speaking and saying, Moses, I'm calling you to be a deliverer of my people, rescuing them out of slavery. You guys are, are you beginning to see the connection? All right. From that moment, Moses goes like this, but God, who will I tell them sent me? I mean, I have to have a name for you. I have to say, I, I met somebody in the desert. Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, God speaks from the fire of the bush, and he says, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And that translates a couple different ways. Remember, you're talking about a Hebrew word. It translates, I am who I am, I am that I am, I am the I am. 
This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. All right. So check this out. When you read it, the name there is actually only four letters. It's the name uh, Yahweh. Some people translate it Jehovah, but it's really Y-H-W-H because they don't use uh, vowels like we have in the English language. So it's, it's Yahweh. And, and what it means, so when Moses showed up and he said, Yahweh sent me to you, I'm going to try to take my, put my arms around this name. All right, so I'm going to give it to you like really, really quick. If you can buckle up and hold on, you're going to get this one. Here is what the name Yahweh means by definition. I am the self-sufficient, uncreated creator of all things who is self-existent and was, is, and is to come, who loves you with a covenant-keeping love and is your great redeemer who will rescue you and deliver you out of slavery. I am. There you go. So check this out. So Moses shows up to people in political and physical slavery, and he says, I am, has sent me to set you free. Jesus shows up to people and says, you are in spiritual slavery, and I am, not I am sent me, I am. I've showed up on the scene to rescue you from your slavery. Before Abraham was, I am. I am the self-sufficient, self-existent, uncreated one who created all things, who was and is and is to come, who is your great deliverer, who will rescue you with a covenant-keeping love that will never fail you, right? And they're all like, you just made, I mean, nobody makes that claim. Nobody even says that name. Jesus says, I'm not just Moses sent by the I am. I am the I am. I am the better Moses. I am the better deliverer, and I have come to set you free. Now, what does it look like when you are set free? Now, let's, let's bring this in for some really practical application here, because here is the point. You are set free to live free. God doesn't just break chains so you can keep living out a lifestyle of the behavior of the slave. He set you free, so you live free. Don't return back into the prison cell. Don't get out of rehab only to go back into the very lifestyle that has destroyed you. Don't go to counseling only to walk out and do the very things that put you in counseling. He said, I set you free so that you live free. How? John chapter 8, verse 35 and 36 explains how. Now a son... Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. How are we set free to live free? Well, let me give you a couple really quick practical application points of what Jesus just said. It's a transformation from being a slave to a son, from being enslaved to being freed. We live free with a new nature. Outside of Jesus, every one of us, our nature is sin. Sin that is our puppet master or slave master. But when I believe in Jesus by faith, God's spirit, which is eternal and invisible, enters into my spirit, conquering the power and the grip of sin. Sin still lives in me, 
right? Because I still am in this fallen world and I still have the vices of sin at work in me. But in essence, you could say that Jesus turns off the switch of sin on my life and the fan is still run, right? So you think about like a fan, right? The, the switch is on, the fan is spinning, it's powered. But when you turn the power off, the fan still spins, right? It's slowing down. Sin is still spinning in your life. It's just slowing down. Right? And so sometimes you still do the wrong thing. Sometimes you still think the wrong thing. But Jesus says, I've given you a new nature. I've turned on the power of the Spirit of God in your life so that instead of sin, sin spinning, the Spirit of God is empowering you to live a new way, uh, empowering you to say no to that destructive lifestyle. His Spirit empowering you to say yes to what is right and good, giving you the power of free will to choose what is best and right. He set you free with a new nature. You are not what you once were, and you no longer have to make the decisions and obey the driving forces in your life. That thing from your past, that secret that covered you, it no longer has to manipulate and control you. Not only has he, not only do you live free with a new nature, but check this out, you live free with a new identity, right? He said a slave has no place in the house, no permanent place. A slave doesn't have an inheritance. A slave doesn't have the family name. So a slave might live in the home, but when they die, they don't have any attachment. But he says, but I've made you sons of God. You were previously slaves to sin, but when you believe in me and I set you free, I don't just set you free and break the chains and cut the, cut the puppet strings. I adopt you into my family, and now God the Father calls you his children. You are a child of God, and now you have a new identity. Instead of seeing each other as slaves and puppets, now you and I need to begin to see each other with the worth of God. You are valued by God. You are loved by God. You are adopted into the family of God. Your worth is not attached to what you've been or what you've done or the failures and the mess-ups of the past. Your value is found in the fact that you are a prince or a princess to the king who's above every king. You are a child of the great I am. And not only do you have a new identity, a new God worth, but you have a new destiny. You live free with a new destiny. Before, sin controlled you and was dragging you with chains to destruction and eternal ruin. That, you, that was your destiny, a destiny of destruction. But through faith in Jesus Christ, you've been set free. And now you begin to live free with a new destiny, a destiny of eternal life. God's spirit alive in your spirit that breaks you free from chains and the strings of a puppet master, slave master. And now, instead of being dragged to ruin, you're invited to new life. You're invited to a forever life with God because you're a child of God. You're going to spend forever with God in his home, with his family. But it's not just a faraway future. He gives you a future right now. Today, Yolanda has a new future. Today, because what you were can be freed through Jesus Christ. And now you can go from here is what I was to here is what I am. And I have a future. I have a new life. My life has meaning. My life has purpose. My life has direction. My life has spiritual destiny. I can live the purposes of God. And so now this applies to every one of us very practically 
and very personally. In fact, when you came in, every one of you got a little card. And if you're joining us online, I'd like you just to grab a piece of paper or just pull out your smartphone and I want you to write this down. For every one of you, when you came in, I challenge you to think, I am what? I'm an addict. What's controlling you? Who's your puppet master? And in that place, here's what I'd like you to write. You get a pen, I know. And I want you to write, I was this. Because right now, we believe that whatever you came in with is going to be changed from an I am to an I was. Because of the gray I am, now you and I can say, now I am. I was a slave. Now I am free. I was an addict. Now I am liberated. I was broken. Now I am healed. I was, I was angry. Now I have peace. And I want you to take a moment right now. I want you to begin to write that. We're going to pause and give you a prayer moment. A moment for you to pause and write this down. A moment for you to pause and reflect. If, if you don't have a pen with you, that's okay. In just a moment, we're going to give you access to pens. But some of you, before you take a next step, you need to first believe in Jesus. And if that's where you're at, then your moment is this. Do you believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross, rose from the dead to set you free? And are you willing to allow God's spirit to enter into your spirit? And if that's where you're at, then your first prayer is, Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive me of sin and make me new. For others of you, you believe in Jesus. He set you free, but you're not living free. And you need to begin to take hold of the fact that whatever I've said I am, really is an I was. So what is that one area of your life where you need to walk in the freedom of God? I want you to take a moment and pray about that right now. We believe that God's spirit is present here to do miracles, to break chains, to cut the cords that have been controlling you. And we want to give you a moment just to pray and talk to God about that. So would you pause and would you pray? And would you allow God's spirit to meet you supernaturally and do a spiritual work in your life? Go ahead, let's take a moment right now to pray. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church, located in Hagerstown, Maryland. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.